anyway, that that's that. Alison, how was your week? It was good. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, we're not recording yet. We haven't yet. started the podcast. <laughs> oh, we haven't started the podcast yet. Maureen, we were just literally just having a chat. Oh, okay. And she was like, get to it. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith and we would just like to take this opportunity to thank our brand new patreon Holly thank you so much for joining us Holly we are delighted to have you uh, and also for all you patrons just a, a heads up we will and have been posting more content uh, for you and uh, and yeah more and more will be coming at you. So thank you so much for, uh, for being our patrons. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. <laughs> Have fun, he says. Right. Okay. Let's see if that's possible. Well, that's us. <laughs> hey, that's in the morning. That's yeah, us. That's fun us time in the morning. Fun time, morning fun. Fun time. I've times. got my show. I'm doing my work in progress tonight. So yeah. Oh, Maureen. You could go up with notes, can't you? That's the great thing about work in progress. You don't need to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that goes without saying that I will be going up with notes. You don't have to worry about learning it or anything, do you? I've tried to learn it, but oh, it's so tedious. But anyways, no, I don't think. I think that's a waste of energy trying to learn a work in progress. The point is, is you just go have your notes and then you can refer back to it and riff, and then yes. that's where the gold yep. comes, isn't it? Yes, like, I, yep. I tend not to riff during a work in progress, and I'm going to do that tonight. That's my plan. Um, Alison, Jen, and I both had terrible gigs on Thursday. We consoled ourselves with text messages. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we? We were like, 
I've had a terrible gig. I love that you weren't even together. You weren't even together, and you're still giving me the breakdown of what happened in Jen's world. Uh, Just so you know, this is what went on with both of us. Honestly, we were just texting, going, I had to try to out gig how bad our gigs were. Um, and then I reminded Jen that she was doing a corporate, so at least she was getting paid a lot more for having a horrible gig. <laughs> I had a horrendous gig on Thursday, Alison. Uh, it was a corporate in a um, banqueting hall on, in White, on White Hall. Well, this all sounds dynamite to begin with. Banquet halls and comedy, to me, hand in hand. Oh, the sound was so bad. I can't even begin to tell you. It was so bad that um, when I was talking, it sort of, you know, when, you know those, those cavernous rooms, but they're sort of, it's, it's, it's really old. It's like a, I don't know, 15th century building. It's, 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 it's just... very famous. It was, it was decorated by, I think, or designed by Indigo Jones. So I think it's got a very famous ceiling and stuff like that, hasn't it? Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see, somebody else said that to me and I, I, whatever room we were in did not have an exciting oh, ceiling. <laughs> Okay, um, or if it did, um, I blocked it out up. because the gig was so bad. Um, but it's famously where King Charles I was executed outside this building. But let's just say, as Maureen said, as I told her I died, she went, well, Jen, there were more famous deaths in that building than yours. I was like, that absolutely doesn't make me feel any better. But um, the sound was really bad. And you know how a lot of my stand-up relies on me being able to use my voice and you know, muck about with my voice. You couldn't even, if I raised my voice more to more than this, it was like bang, bang, bang. Just the sound was clanging everywhere. Anyway, it's a room full of the poshest people. Nobody was listening to me. Um, it was horrendous. I was supposed to do 25 minutes. Fortunately, um, the woman that was organising it went, I think this is a terrible idea that you do 25 minutes. I don't, I think that's, and I went, so do I. She went, do you want to do 15? I went, yes. I I said, there's nobody in that room wants me to do 10, let alone 25. And she went, yeah, just do, just do 20. She said, look, you've never had stand-up at at one of these events before, so I think it's going to be a novelty and I think they're really going to enjoy it. And as soon as she said, we've never had stand-up at one of these events before, I went, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, Yeah. The last time someone said to me, we've never had comedy, we've only ever had strippers at this event before, I was like, oh, I'm going to 100% die. And die I did, Alison. But the next day, I, um, I look on my Instagram, I have a message from Princess Beatrice, who was in the audience, sent me a message to say thank you so much for last night. I really enjoyed it. I thought you were great. It was a, you did really well in a very difficult room. So I'm 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 loved by royalty, Alison. I'll put it out there. Royalty, right? Not 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 usually. Not usually. I wouldn't imagine that I'm usually their jam. Uh, not, uh, but you know, I'm so glad. It was so funny as I was walking. Look. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say this, but as I was walking up towards the banqueting hall, so you have to go up these steps, they're really strict about stuff. You're not even allowed to blow it, like no fluids up the stairs, no, I was like, whatever. The, um, one of the, the organisers says to me, so um, can I just say, just no, no, no pedo joke, no pedophile jokes. Um, <laughs> I said, what? She, asked, she said, you're not going to do any pedophile jokes. I went, I don't have any pedophile, 
I said, look, this is a corporate. I'm not going to be doing paedophile jokes. And she was like, no, no, just checking, just checking. And then afterwards she went, yeah, Princess Beatrice is in the audience. So I just wanted to check that you weren't going to. I was like, okay, well, actually, had you told me she was in the audience, of course I would have opened with a pedo joke. Of course I would have. That's the kind of person I am. I have complete Tourette's. I would have actually almost certainly done a joke about sweating and uh, Pizza Pizza Express and pedos. Yeah. And and nobody laughed. It was silence. Uh, the only laughs I got is when I acknowledged the fact that it wasn't going well. Um, and then that got huge laughs. I did a little bit of audience banter with them. They loved that. No, jo- they hated jokes. Uh, I walked off. Uh, it, deep shame. Um, and let's never speak of it again. Maureen. Well, I did. Uh, Friday and Saturday were brilliant. The Thursday, it was like pulling teeth. You know, when you kind of go... I was compound, got nothing from the audience. You know, you kind of go, I'm normally quite good at this. Um, and it was just, you know, it got better in the second and third bit, but the first bit was just painful. I didn't have any royalty in my audience, but on the Saturday, security came in and went, there's a woman here who says she grew up with you. She, and she, he named the street. My, I used to live in a very unusual named street. Uh, your, it's your brother called George. And he was telling me all this stuff about my life. And I'm like, yeah. So I went out and there was this woman there called Rachel who said she recognised me as soon as I got on stage. Which I found hard to believe because I would have been about 12 when she last saw me or 15 or something. And um, I didn't remember her, but she was four years younger than me. And you know when you're a kid, you never remember the children that are younger than you, do you? You, they, you kind of ignore them. Um, but yeah, she was definitely... Grew up in my street. She said, oh, yeah, you had a very good-looking father. I went, I'll let my dad know that. He was very good-looking when he was young. And um, she went, are you really... She was really emotional about it. Very lovely woman. She went, are you really emotional about this? And I went, no. No. (laughs) Yeah. She obviously doesn't remember you very well. No. She's asking you if you're emotional (laughs) about anything. Um. (laughs) That's weird, isn't it, when when people come up from the past? It's sort of bizarre. Yeah, she went, do you remember me? And I went... No. And the comics were going, did you not just pretend? I was like, I don't remember her. But she seemed really, really lovely. Very lovely woman. But it was weird having your past related to you. And I'm like, she knew what school my brother went to because she hung around a lot with my brother. Um, So, yeah, it was that was... That is weird. When someone knows a lot about you and you're like, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Oh, I know you. I know you're uh, uh, an Aquarius. I know that you love chocolate ice cream. I know that you went to school at blah, blah, blah. You're like, who are you? Are you? Yeah, Yeah. and then she's, she's, we've messaged since, and she knows somebody who's, she's best friends with the sister of one of my best friends from school who sadly died uh, about a decade ago. But it's like, wow, this is a very small world. We've had a we've had a hot hot week. Uh, you and I, Maureen. Oh, but oh, by the way, well, also bought a lovely there. coat. It's, I can't get into it, but I bought a really nice coat. Perfect. That is the perfect coat. You bought a beautiful coat that you can't wear. Perfect. Well, Maureen. I can, but I can't button it up and I can't move my arms in it. You can't button it up and you can't move your arms. I'm going to suggest that that isn't a coat that fits you, but it's great that you... But you like it. It is a lovely coat. It's a lovely coat that you can't wear. Good. Uh, Alison, (laughs) tell us about your week. That's why Maureen caught a cold this weekend, because she is buying (laughs) coats that do not do up. And so... No, I can't do it up. I've got to wear it as like an open jacket. I I, I think that was the... I don't know if this is going to make the podcast that bit, but we were talking about... Maureen was moaning about having a cold, and she has spent the entire time... Um, dabbing her nose because it's running, uh, and we now, yeah, Alison, you're absolutely right. We've um, 
We we figured it out, haven't we? That complex mystery. Coat won't do up. Well, I've had to do some writing, so I've been avoiding it. So, I mean, I've gotten a lot of other stuff done, guys. I laid down some tiles in the kitchen. Wow. I have, uh, <laughs> yeah, <practical>. yeah. <laughs> Alison's got a deadline. She's got the grassing <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, things you do when you're writing to avoid... I mean, I tidy up. I tidied up my... Oh, God, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I carpet cleaned. I laid down some tiles. I, uh, <laughs> I really... Oh, I polished the floors as well. I put a little fresh wax coat on them. All the things that are absolutely non-essential are all done in the house now. And this is what we all do. Yeah. The second there's a deadline... Well, um, if I've got to write anything, and I know... This is something I have to do. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I should do my tax return. You know, you're like, I've, I've got, yeah, I've, I've yeah. had, I've had days and weeks and even months where I could have done my tax return, but it's that, oh, I've got to write a show or I've got to write a thing. Better do it now, yeah. What I even it? mapped it out. I even mapped it out. Like three weeks ago, I was like, look, Allison, if you just schedule in your planner, <laughs> if you just do a little bit of writing, just 15 minutes a week. By the time you get to that, then you're ready. You're ready. No, you haven't done a damn thing. So I just like, yeah, so I did that. So I, was re- I can't do anything without a deadline. I just can't achieve anything. Like the only yeah. reason, if somebody said to me, you know, you should write a show, Jen, I'd be like, you're absolutely right. I should definitely write a show. And, I, and will I write a show? No. no. Someone says to me, your tour starts in September. You should write a show, Jen. Oh, I'll write a show. Because <laughs> I've got to perform it in front of a load of people in Canterbury in September, so I will write the show. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this, the thing about writing is because it is so painful, isn't it? It's like pulling mm-hmm. teeth sometimes. That's why. What, what are you writing for, Alison? Are we allowed to say or is it just... Yeah, no, it was just a fun... Look, Sarah Milliken does a playground, a new material night, and so she's been kind enough. She always gets me on it. And to be fair, that has been a deadline that has helped me to actually write some stuff. So that's what it was for. And it's just because she's such a nice audience and it always sells out. And it's lovely people that I was like, you will get your shit together, Smith. And I sure did. My floors are sparkling. (laughs) They are sparkling. So that's what I was doing. Got a lot done avoiding doing the thing I needed to do. Do I think the way it's like self-sabotage, so you, if you, if you... Do it in a very short space of time. If it's not that good, you can say, well, it would have been a lot better. Yes. If, if I didn't follow the time. scheduling. That's so I... true. Well, we've all had a lovely week, haven't we? I mean, I don't think anyone can beat royalty, so. No, you win. Top trumps, Jen. Top trumps. God, what a surreal thing to get on your inbox. I hope you wrote back and told her about WTB. I wrote back with double thumbs up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Winky your, smiley Your face. highness. Winky smiley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Highness, double thumbs. Double thumbs up. <laughs> crown, double thumb, crown. Triple tiara, <laughs> double thumbs up. Smiley, winky face. Um, she wrote back with a um, moustache. Aubergine. Emoji. No, she didn't. Yeah, no, she didn't. We've gone too far with this, Alison. And Maureen's we have. I'm out. sorry. Okay, I'm no, sorry. Don't, don't yeah. apologise. She's totally. Yeah. I was actually enjoying it. <laughs> right. So from one set of nonsense, which, uh, which is us uh, to even more nonsense yes it's time to head over to Maureen Younger to find out what her be more modern moment is I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender I chose my own number and my own contact to block <laughs> oh my god Maureen I don't under- I mean I understand but I don't understand I've got to shut this down now I've got to shut it down 
And it's not even buying a coat that she can't do up, everyone. No, it no, is not I, even buying a coat. I think yeah. a lot of people do that. You go to a charity shop, you see a bargain, you think, oh, it's a size or two sizes too small. Nope, I don't do that. No? Oh, I've anyway. stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was a, this is a small thing yesterday. So like uh, for those of you who don't know, if you live in the southeast, you get a network rail card which gives you a lot of money off trains. And mine had run out about a month ago, but I was um, didn't renew it because I wanted to wait until I actually needed it because that, that means I have to I can renew it later next year. And um, yesterday I was going to Caterham, so I thought for once I took Jen's advice. I thought I'll do it online rather than do it at the station. Normally I do it at the station, so I've got it online, so it's on my phone. And then I got to London Bridge and they went, oh, no, no, you don't need a rail ticket. Um, you can just use your uh, pay-as-you-go and it's a lot cheaper. So basically I bought a national rail card to use on a rail ticket and I didn't need a rail ticket. Mm. Okay. Oh, so that, but where you were going was within the, uh, within the, the Oyster tube. zone. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, what, Caterham you mean? Yeah. But the national rail card I mean, lasts I, a year. Yeah, so. so I would use it, but it was a bit annoying because I was going to, I like to keep it, you know, because the more in this is a be more more in fail. All right, it's a be more more in fail. I thought that was just sums me up. That I bought a rail. You you saying that you bought a network rail card a day early is two days, three days early, three days early. I know in your Scottish heart of hearts that this is something that's absolutely. (laughs) She she got fucked over four quid. Everyone, she got Uh, fucked over four quid. No, it's not that. It just means that like next year I could have renewed it later. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, by three days. But I mean, you might not travel in those three days. Honestly, Maureen, you've got to up your game, love. This isn't good enough. I've got I've got three B more Maureens in my head right now. Any one of which you could have used. But no, you've chosen a network rail card. We have got to keep the quality of this podcast up, Maureen. The Be More Maureen moment is one of the highlights of the show. And you have absolutely, on this occasion, let us down. Right, okay. Scrap that. Alison, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to turn to Maureen. You know exactly the Be More Maureen moment I'm going to ask you to do. And you're going yep. to reveal that for us now, Maureen. Younger, because that All right. is a classic. Okay, right. I, I do know the one she was... I, I, I had another one in mind, right? So basically, I was staying at Jen's. Okay? Yes, thank you, Maureen. Staying at Jen's and um, in the upstairs bedroom, and I'd lost. I've lost my glasses. I've got new glasses. Oh, I've got new glasses now. I could put them on. Anyway, I've lost. I lost my glasses. So, oh my God, these are my new glasses. Maureen doesn't anyway, think she's got lovely. ADHD. But anyway, keep anyway, going. so I've lost my glasses. So I'm walking around Jen's house without my glasses because I, I didn't put my lenses in straight away. So I go down, have a cup of coffee. I'm talking to Chloe and Jen. And they go, oh, um, and I'm in my night, so I haven't had a shower yet. And then Chloe goes, oh, well, you we need to get some towels out. Like, oh, no, we don't need to get some towels out. There's a big towel on my bed. And Chloe looks at me in horror and goes, that's not a towel, Maureen. That is a very expensive blanket from John Lewis. It was absolutely Alison, honestly. Because I said to her, oh, wait, Maureen, I'll grab some towels for you. And you went, no, 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 I'll just use the one on the bed. I went, Chloe's like, oh my god, that is not a towel, Maureen. That is a very, that is a very expensive blanket from John Lewis. I was like, Maureen, it's massive. It takes up. But it was it takes folded up, a, up. But it takes up a double bed. It goes across the double bed. It's yeah, but huge. look, when you see something folded up on the bed, you assume that it's a blanket, don't you? I mean, a uh, yes, towel. a blanket. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> that is correct, Maureen. That is what you assume. Had this vision of Maureen coming out of the shower just with, with this 
And also, by the way, it's not one of those blankets that would have like absorbed water very well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but a, I wouldn't have noticed. It's a woolen blanket. Would it... It's a woolen blanket. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, but... It doesn't even have, like, if you pick it up, you know it's not a towel. It just doesn't even feel yeah, like Yeah, but a I would have come out the sh- I probably would have forgotten to bring, because I do, forget to bring the towel in, would have come into the bedroom <laughs> and just picked it up, then kind of realised halfway through, going, well, I've got to use something, and then would have used it, and then Chloe would have just not been happy. Alison, Chloe's face, face, it was absolute picture. <laughs> the fact that she started it off with that is a very expensive towel or blanket now i'm doing it for christ's sake yeah <laughs> yeah chloe was like she was like she was really unhappy even at the thought of me doing that and then I, <laughs> and then i put body put body cream all over my body and then i, I forgot uh, and sat down on the bed and uh, to put some more body cream on my legs and i've got body, body cream, cream all over the sheets body cream everywhere Look, how much body okay. cream do you put on <laughs> what asked. It was I've quite got, a I've got really layer. bad eczema, so I have to put a yeah. lot of oh, also, moisturizer clear, on. It wasn't body cream because Maureen had asked me to give her some pseudocrim. Oh yeah, it was pseudocrim. It was pseudocrim. Really. It was greasy, like it's really. It's like the stuff. Yeah. It's it's like you use for for rashes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you have if you have babies, a nappy rash. Um and uh, yeah, so a thick layer of that on the bed. It was an absolute <laughs> joy to have you staying. Yes, again, Maureen. We always love and you. I told you. I told Jane when Chloe was out the room because I thought Chloe won't appreciate that. And then Jane goes, Chloe, you won't believe what more. I was like, no. What did you to tell Chloe once I'd left? No. I'm pretty excited to tell Chloe the next time that I stay. Oh, my God, that towel upstairs is gorgeous. I took a big, long shower and, like, just wrapped myself. I was soaking wet. Just wrapped myself in that towel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a visual image it was. Anyway, Chloe that's... wasn't impressed, even at the thought of it. That's more exciting than a rail card, I will say. Yeah, the rail card thing. We, it, it, we might have to start. You know, I might have to start asking you what you're going to do before we get on the show. Are we going to check before she's allowed? What I, are you doing today? Yeah, yeah. I, I anticipated it just by the the level of like, because normally Maureen's like, oh, you're not going to believe it, but there was a sort of yeah. Yesterday I did a thing with a rail card, and I thought this is not going to be right. It's not right. I can feel it. Anyway, Maureen, thank you very much. Finally, for the correct be more Maureen moment that um, <laughs> that first one was an absolute shocker. Um, Look, Maureen, I'm sorry, but every there's not a single listener that would have been happy with that first Be More Maureen moment. The WTB no. listeners would have gone, oh, it's going downhill this show, I'm going to stop listening, and then saved it with the towel blanket incident. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've Be More Maureened ourselves into a corner. Uh, finally, we've got to the point where it made so little sense, it started to make sense again. Thank you, Maureen Younger. <laughs> Let's head over to... Alison June-Smith, because if you have a question, uh, or a problem indeed, that no one else can help, maybe you should call uh, or write to, you know what I'm talking about. It's time to uh, <coughs> ask Alison. <laughs> Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. <laughs> Lozenger. That is my recommendation <laughs> for you, Jen. Okay, so uh, this week, hey, uh, again, thank you to everyone for writing in. I've noticed people slowing down a little bit. Don't don't be telling me your problems aren't out there. You got problems. Like I say, write in for somebody else. If they've got a problem, write in. I don't care who I'm I'm finding information for. I love this. I adore it. Th- so this one was a good one, though. 
So we're doing a little uh, we're doing a little sexism. This is sexism this morning, ladies. This is how we like to start off. So uh, here we go. The writer wrote in, uh, I work in a male-dominated field, and our company is not doing well with recruiting women. An older guy who is new to the company has decided to lead the mission on how to recruit more women. Always good when men do this. Uh, a session was organized to discuss this at 8 a.m., bearing in mind most people start work at 9.30 and 10, and we were told about it at 8 p.m. the night before. Various things were suggested, and he played devil's advocate by saying, well, we don't want to make the men feel like they're at a disadvantage. And when being told that we need to make people feel welcome to women, he said, we can't expect a group of guys to not make jokes amongst themselves. I guess, uh, the writer said, I mean, I guess he meant inappropriate sexist ones. Otherwise, why would we be against that? Uh, I puffed up saying clearly that I have more faith in men than him. Uh, he also suggested the company give flowers to us on International Women's Day. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one got me too. That Just pay us the same. Just pay us the same. That one got me too. The I don't need flowers. Um, anyways, this sent me on a massive downer. I had previously felt super positive about the company because I'm a team player, um, and this team does have good representation of both women and men, but this made me realize this isn't the case on the wider industry, and it seems like such a huge problem. I'm super angry and bitter with my colleagues whenever the subject comes up, and I feel like I'm not a nice person to be around because of this. How can I handle my anger but also try to change things for the better? Um, some of the younger guys in the company seem to get it, and we're a bit keen to tell me they didn't agree with the older guy. By the way, I'm probably being a bit unfair with my representation. And a woman will now be involved with the hiring process every new starter for every new starter to try and avoid an unconscious bias. Uh, I realize that you've already answered a question about anger, but this seems to be particularly about sexism and people not trying to be sexist, but it, but being it by mistake. <laughs> this is my favorite part at the end. She put, which I think you three have in stand up too. <laughs> with a question mark. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh that's yes. so sweet. And what was interesting was this this problem couldn't come at a better time because I just recently, it's not my story to tell, but I've spoken to the girl and I'm allowed to tell this story. Last week, uh, a younger startup comic went to a, a club. They wanted to maybe do a all-female, uh, like amateur, new material night kind of thing. Anyway, uh, she went there and the owner of the club who brought her there under this, like, guise, basically told her, and I am not exaggerating when I say these words, um, the thing is, comedy is combative, and, um, you know, it's um, it's more of a male-dominated thing. Women, biologically, just aren't raised to be combative in that way. And so, oh, you know, biologically, off. it kind of goes against. And women who really want to get into that, it just seems a little weird that they're fighting their butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is in 2022. Oh, so to the writer who wrote in, yes, it is still rampant in our industry I and mean, it has everywhere. got better. They are actively trying sure. to employ... Women, one hundred percent. They prefer younger women, younger middle class women. But um, and it, I mean, we both know that. Yeah, we all know that. But it's it, it is it's definitely better than it was. Um, yeah, but I, it is still. I, I think you've yeah. got to differentiate also between clubs and telly because I think in it, the clubs are still yeah, functioning. Clubs don't, in, yeah, they, in, 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 they, you, you know, if you're talking about TV, yes, they might prefer younger women, but for clubs, they don't give no, a shit about true. your age. Just be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um. Yeah, sorry, Alison, 
go ahead. No, that's fine. That's fine. I know. I knew as soon as I brought this up, I was like, and trigger these two. Go. I know. Um, Non-combative women. I mean, he obviously hasn't met me or Jen Brister. Well, this is what is interesting. So anyway, so I was like, this is, yeah, yeah, we we still encounter this too in all industries. But look, across the board, we know... We're still working towards getting some equality and people feel threatened about this. What I wanted to say is I'm so proud of you for writing this, for getting involved, for going to that meeting, which in my opinion was already destined to fail. 8 a.m. Who's going to show up? Yeah, I want to talk about women's issues well, they did at 8 that on a.m. Purpose. They did that on purpose. Absolutely. 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 Uh, the idea of flowers, I think, is almost patronizing. I don't ever need flowers. You don't ever need to give us flowers. That is not. Uh, but on International what, Women's Day, you've missed the fucking point, mate. Yeah. International yeah, yeah, Women's yeah. Day. Why don't, None oh, of that needs to. Here's a cookery book and uh, you know, and a, and, a, and a mop. Happy, happy International <laughs> Women's Day. International Women's Day. Exactly. So, like, I could see how all this fuels you, but you work in a company, and it sounds like there is some sort of an HR department or, or or some sort of a department that you can make some changes for or, or with. Sorry, my dog is going crazy. He really does not like sexist. Um, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to say good for you for getting involved. And I know you feel heated and angry. So here's what I wanted to suggest to you. I thought if this sort of thing within your workplace is kind of driving you crazy, could you possibly chat with the older gentleman or chat with people involved? Could you be a part of this department that is heading up some changes to make? Can you volunteer to assist with a committee, maybe all women on this committee, maybe help establish some things that can make some change? So by doing that, first off, you're going to create a committee where you're creating allies in the workplace. And that's key. Find the people that think like you. You've already started to do that, talking to some of the younger guys. But the more people that you you chat with and maybe form this group, you are creating allies within the workplace. And that is very important. Um, whenever sexism, I think, occurs in a workplace, in a non-confrontational manner, you have to immediately address it. Not a fight, but you have to immediately address it, you know. In that moment where he said flowers on Women's Day, I would say, you know, gr- you know, thank you for that great notion, but there's no need to give us flowers on International Women's Day. We want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, equal pay, fair, fair work pay. What is it? Fair pay for I forget the exact, but but that sort of thing, right? So, you know, doing that, hold managers accountable. So by speaking to this guy, he tried to do a good thing. You are holding him accountable. By having a discussion, a follow-up discussion with him. Again, by holding someone accountable, it's not saying they did something wrong or they're, you're speaking to them further. You're making them act on the things that they began to speak about. So hold him accountable for that. Having a woman as a part of the interview process, excellent. Can you be that woman? Could you volunteer to be that woman? I'm including you because I feel like it will help with your aggression and your anger if you're a part of these things rather than just sitting in it and being angry. Have women mentor men within your workplace. Have a woman mentor a man. I'm going to say that again. This is a bizarre concept for people. Have a woman mentoring a man. And if the company sees that, if other people in the company see that, that encourages the idea of gender is irrelevant. It is about who is best at a job. Um, 
Bottom line, sometimes it does feel like this is a losing battle. But what we have to remember is even if we feel we are not making that much more grounds, we are. And it is our job to constantly do this, to set it up better for the next women coming so we can create a larger network within our workplace. So thank you for wanting to get involved. Thank you for writing in this question. Thank you for being so concerned that it enrages you. But some of these steps might help you with that anger and also really help your company. Um, that is the best advice I can give to you. Can today. I also recommend a book? There's a really great yeah. book called um, Everyday Sexism by Laura Bates. And it deals, obviously, uh, with sexual discrimination and all that kind of sexism that we have just because of uh, nature of being women. It's really w- well written, very articulate. I wish I was as articulate as her. And she goes into all different aspects of everyday sexism that women have to face. So I, I really recommend that book because it will also uh, bring out good points you know, that you might, could use later on in discussions and stuff. Very good book. Um, great. Great recommendation. Um, also, another course which is quite important to do I think is um, courses about unconscious bias because most men don't think they're sexist. Most white people don't think they're racist. Uh, A lot of people don't think they're homophobic. We've all got our own unconscious bias and it's impossible not to have that because of where, you know, with the society that we grow up, the families that we grow up, our peers, you know, whatever our, uh, algorithms give us you know we, we, we have unconscious bias and I think that that sort of course like this chap this old older guy who's trying to implement or he thinks he's being really right on and thinks he's like you know hey just trying to help the ladies by giving them flowers and uh, telling them they look pretty in the morning I mean that's what equal rights is right you're like dude you've really on so many levels missed the point here and I think it's like he has very good intentions but he's not aware of his own bias and his own yes. um, sexism and these sort of courses help us all as individuals to realise. So I think that's quite helpful as well. But those are all great. I think getting women to network is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Because we're not taught it. Because we were on our own and not taught it. Men are really good at helping each other out, networking, looking after one another. And women, we are islands where we work alone Um and Highlander. We were taught there can only be one. There can only be one. Yes. And I think that applies in a lot of industries. And I think you trying to create a network of women within the, the, the whatever industry you're in or whatever job you're in is really important so that you can support one another and take on the responsibility because it can't just be one person's responsibility to educate all Mm-mm. these bell ends on equal rights. I mean, Christ, I'd shoot me in the face. I couldn't be bothered. But yeah, if you've got a network of people, then. I mean, good luck. Jesus, good luck. I know, I know. But, you know, you got to, yeah, yeah. So it was it was just interesting to have heard that story from this girl this weekend and then have someone write in. I was just like, ooh, that's a double whammy. We are definitely talking about that. So it's thank so, you very yeah, much. Great, thank you. It's so tedious to have to t- talk about this stuff, isn't it? So tedious. I know. Oh, I know. We're, we're talking about equal rights and then it's all about, oh, this woke diversity thing that is trying to like take our jobs away from us and it's like oh god god do i have to explain this to you again you absolute fuckwit but anyway good luck um allison's given you some wonderful advice i would just say anyone that gives you a hard time just kneeling in the bollocks but i don't know if that works (laughs) 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put it. It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time to turn our attention to what we have been watching on the televisual screens that we own in our own homes. Well, I'm actually going to divert from that because uh, (gasps) in the previous week, I went to the theatre and the cinema. Maureen, Ooh. you cult It's not cultural corner time yet, Maureen. You no, can't be cultured in two sections. Well, yes, well, this is this is what's going to happen. So I went to see Best of Enemies by James Graham. James Graham is one of the most successful writers in the UK at the moment. Um, I suggested it to my mate Steph to go and see it because I thought it was another play. And then I got there, she went, what's this play about? I went, oh, no, I've made a mistake. This is not the play that I thought I, we were going to see. But anyway... <laughs> Wait, what? Start again. You thought well, it was another play. I thought it was oh, another play. Oh, you thought it was a different play. Different play. Oh, I was going to say. And then I said, to, I, but I said to Steph, this is the play I want to see. It actually wasn't that play. It was another play. And Steph got the ticket. So anyway, we went to see this play. She went, what's it about? And I went, I don't actually know because this isn't the play that I thought we were going to see. So um, it's called Absolute Best of Enemies. Classic. It's set in uh, uh, around the 1968 US selections between Nixon, uh, Richard Nixon and Hubert Humphreys. And what it is, it's it's at the time they were like obviously there still are three major t- American broadcasters in America: NBC, CBS, and ABC. And CBS News, nobody really watched it. The other two were the main ones. And so the promote the, the producer, the news producer, has this clever idea of getting Gore Vidal, who was a very well known gay. I don't think it was he was publicly gay because it probably wasn't legal in those days, but gay left wing writer, and he's played by Zachary Quinto from Star Trek, and then get a very right wing thinker, uh, William F. Buckley Jr., basically to come to the studio and test strips of each other. And oh, this, I, oh, yes, this is, I've heard about this. This but, is very famous, isn't it? Yeah, so it had never been done before. It had never been done before. And CBS News, because everybody was just watching, because they didn't really, it's those things which is now prevalent. We get two people with completely different views. They're never going to agree on anything, and they just basically 
um, go at it go at it and it became such watching like must see tv cbs news became like the top news program that everybody watched so it'd be abc be nbc and then after that it changed tv tv news forever because up to then tv news had just been reporting the facts and now you've got this thing which we still do of having people on tv just ripping each other not really not really talking about the news. Uh, it's just opinions, isn't it? And so this was the beginning of it all. And it's very well staged. It's very well directed. At first I was like, oh, is it just going to be back and forth? But it's quite interesting because, you know, at one point he said, well, I think it's Gore Vidal says, um, you know, people see somebody now on TV for a minute and they think they know that person. You know, yeah. nowadays it's like one tweet and everybody apparently knows what you're like. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. So it's like the, the, the dawning of, I suppose, this modern media circus that we have. And then in the cinema, I went to the Electric Cinema in Birmingham, which you've never gone. It's right by the station. It's fantastic, like Art Deco looking. Just opposite. Oh, no, John Lewis doesn't exist anymore. John, but yeah, but what was station. John Lewis? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went to see Black Panther. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I'm obviously not the type. I'm not really the Marvel, Marvel. target audience. No. But I thought it'd be interesting to see. Um and it is, it deals, and it had a very tricky, obviously it was very tricky for them because they just started that franchise, incredibly successful, and Chadwick Boseman dies. And it's like, what do you do? You can't really replace Chadwick because that would be a poison challenge. Chadwick, no matter how good the actor is, nobody would accept that. And they did, they get round, they get round and deal with it very, very well. So it, they kind of honour Chadwick Boseman, Boseman um, and it deals with grief, a lot of the, the, the story deals with grief. And what's interesting is you have four women basically driving the plot. For really intelligent, strong women, I'm guessing, which is very unusual for a Marvel movie or any for movie. Really for really intelligent, matter. strong black women. Intelligent, because, yeah, intelligent, yeah. strong black women. Two of them are scientists. One's a queen, and one is a general. Uh, you know, very good fighter, and they're driving the plot along. And it's it's and and I have to say, the guy who plays the baddie, and I think I'm pronouncing it right, Tenoch Herter, um, and he's from an Aztec. So they're also dealing with another race of people that were destroyed by Europeans uh, this time, obviously, the Spanish. And he's he's the baddie, and he's actually very, very good in it. I mean, oh. yes, it's long. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. Yes, there's a lot of fight scenes, which isn't really my cup of tea. But for Marvel fans, obviously, it, it's really well done. So it's worth, I think it's worth popping along. Yeah, that's... Um... I, I went to see the first one when I was yeah. doing the Glee, Glee weekend. I was expecting nothing, because I was like, I, this is the only film available at that time so I was like I guess whatever and I loved it I absolutely loved it I was like this is fantastic because like Marvel's not really up my alley at all but I really enjoyed it so um it's good to know the second one is um is also dynamite yeah I mean it it might touch a bone with you Jen because it is uh, one of the characters Shuri's trying to deal with the you know grief and the and the death of her brother and it's that thing where you try and put off dealing with it do you know what I mean so you keep yourself busy and you you yeah. know, and it just makes it obviously worse. So it, it and I did cry. I did cry at two points. Oh, listen, you're not made of stone, Maureen. We know this about you. You know, I've seen you choked up talking about uh, lasagna. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's not 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 exactly as you want it, it's, it can make you very sad. Um, okay, that's a really great suggestions. Thanks, Maureen. I I I'm going to talk about a film that I talked about with Maureen actually. In fact, Maureen suggested it to me so I'm going to now tell Maureen that, about the film that she suggested to me so it's um uh it's all quiet on the western front <clears throat> uh, which is a uh, based on a German book I think it's is a, a remake of a, a film that was originally made um you know a decade ago um 
and it's yeah set in the First World War, and uh, so war breaks out in Germany uh, in 1914, as we know, and it's about a group of young uh, German... They're boys. Let's call them what they are. Boys. Friends. Um, the main character is Paul Baumer, and it's about him and his friends who enrol filled with all of the PR bullshit that they think about going to war and what jolly fun they're going to have and they're going to fight, um, the you know, the British and the French and, you know, for king and country and it's all, you know, oh, God, just a load of old fucking nonsense. Anyway, these young boys join and they very quickly learn that war is a horror show and it is... So it's really well shot. I mean, I don't... Who's the... The cinematography... So the, the, the cinematographer is someone called James Friend. I don't know anything about cinematographers, but if he doesn't win some sort of prize for that, I'd be very surprised because it is so absolutely stunningly shot. Um, the screenplay is, is incredible. I haven't read the book. I know Maureen has, so I can't comment on how... I can't comment on how closely it follows the book. But the screenplay is so well written. Like, you really do... It... it, it you are you are basically following one young lad, Paul, but it's about all of his friends and about these other young men that they meet along the way and their experience in the trenches. And and not just for... And, and just the, 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 these generals on both sides, whether they be French or whether they be British or whether they be German, who are using these children uh, as collateral just to make, like, I don't know... Um, a foot or not even sometimes not even a foot like like inches in terms of how far they move along they like no no one ever really moves because like the french will make headway and then the germans will win it back and then the and then it so goes it goes back and forth and back and forth and it's all about ego of these generals i my father fought in this battle and i have to win this and da da da, da. and they don't give a shit about these young men on the flip side you have the social democrats who've just come into power who are like this is over this war is over we're not letting any more germans we are we're going to um it's done we're done the americans are involved we can't win so we don't want any more people to die on either side let's let's call this let's call this what it is we've lost and um you know Let's sign whatever we need to sign. So then the French are like, yeah, you're going to sign this fucking deal or it's not over. And the deal, obviously, as we know, cripples Germany to the point that we end up having a Second World War. But anyway, that's that's history for you. So the Germans go, right, fine, we'll sign it. We'll do whatever we, whatever it takes. This, the Social Democrats like who are, who are really against this war, like we'll do whatever it takes to sign this war, to end it so that no more young people die. But... The armistice isn't until the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And these guys are going, can we just make it start now? And the French are, no, 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 no. It'll be the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And that's when the armistice begins. So what happens? Well, we, they fight till the bitter end. Even though the war is over, they send out these young men for one more last battle in the last 15 minutes and another thousands and thousands of young men die just in those last 15 minutes, just out of some fucking, it's so beautifully, it's like brilliantly shot. It's a very difficult watch because obviously it's about a war, but it's such a great film. Like, honestly, it's brilliant. Don't watch it on your phone. Watch it on your, if you've got a telly, um, you know, big TV screen, watch it on the screen. It, it, it really deserves to be watched on a big screen. And I, I, I really recommend it. 
obviously, if war films aren't your thing, don't watch it because it's it's very unforgiving. It's a really unforgiving film, but if it really shows you how horrible it was in the trenches as well. God, God damn. Um, and uh, yes, it's all quite, and, and you can get it on Netflix. That's where you can see it. Alison, I've just suggested something depressing. I can only imagine that you're going to be doing something a lot more upbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a real peppy, scary movie. Uh, some may argue this maybe isn't scary. I think it is. I think it is. So I'm going to recommend a movie called The Hunt. Uh, the Hunt. Yes. The Hunt. Excellent film. Powerful elites capture and try to hunt down a group of people. However, their plans for a fun event are thwarted when one of the captives proves too much for them to handle. It is actually based off a book, Maureen, called The Most Dangerous Game. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Written by Richard... Is it Connell? Connell. Richard Connell. And I remember reading this in high school. So basically, it's a group of people, and rich people just, like, take this group of people and hunt them. Put them on an island and hunt them. Oh, my God. So it's that Hunger Games sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But the lead girl in this, the reason why I chose this movie, because I was like, we're talking about sexism and everything. The, The girl in this is unbelievable. Her skills and survival and, uh... It was Hillary Swank is like the head of the rich people who like have this island and get people in to hunt them. And so it's literally like a battle between two women, which I thought was really interesting. So the the head woman of the of the rich elite who set this up and then this woman and there's a real twist at the end. I'm not going to give it away, but I just love it. The, the movie from the get go is just like go like you start People are waking up on the island and being like, where the hell am I? And then it's like, the hunt begins. It is amazing. Uh, I, You know, the, the girl who is in this, the lead who is in it, she is also the lead. Where is her name? I should have looked up her name. In uh, If you ever saw uh, Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, the TV show, uh, she was phenomenal. She is phenomenal in this. Um, and I think I really liked it, too, because she is not just some young you know what I mean like she's a she's a middle-aged dynamite looking if I do say so myself woman who just shows so much strength and so much perseverance that I just thought you know what for our reader out there or our listener out there who wrote in or watch the hunt that's gonna make you feel like yep you can you can beat these fuckers on the island you got this yeah you don't need flowers you got this so I highly recommend the hunt great film great. Up, is, it, is it Betty Gilpin or Emma Roberts? I, I, I was saying Betty Gilpin but I was I was muted apparently I oh. muted myself but yeah yeah it's Betty Gilpin yeah yeah she's phenomenal great. she's great. phenomenal yeah um, so that's my horror recommendation oh great and it doesn't sound like it's too um like gory or sort of there's a little bit of blood and guts because people you know are exploded and you know they're, oh, they're being yeah. hunted things handle, are we you can know. handle that we can handle that but it's like yeah i would say for someone who is venturing into the this is almost more a uh, psychological thriller thriller but there is some horror element yeah yeah okay great yeah. Where, and where can you where can you pick that up I saw it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, so definitely Amazon Prime. You can rent it there. I think there are other streaming services where you might be able to find it, but Amazon Prime is where I know you can get it. Yeah. Brilliant. Actually, I might try that. And also, I like Betty Gilpin. I think she's great. Oh, it's so good, Jen. I highly recommend it. I think you would really enjoy it. Okay. Maureen, I mean, if you're up for a female empowerment movie, I mean, it's no. you will scream. 
No, I'd rather watch Elizabeth R. or something like that. Elizabeth who? R. Elizabeth R. What's her? 1970s TV series about Elizabeth I. Yeah, we are different course. people. Yeah. We yeah. are different yeah. people. Okay, yep. Yep. good, 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 good. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, um, Alison June Smith, for your raccomandazione. But now we head back to Maureen's Maureen's youngers. Jesus Christ! Look, let's just go to see Maureen, okay? <laughs> of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe Brister. Um, anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, this week's book club. I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually mention it before book club, uh, as opposed to after book club, which I think I did last time. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday, uh, and we're going to be discussing this book, Marina Levska: uh, A Short History of Tractors in Ukrainian. I read it really quickly. It's a brilliant book. Totally recommend it. It's very very funny. Um, it's about two sisters. Uh, that obviously, the family's originally from the Ukraine. Growing up in Britain, she's clearly spent time in Britain, and they've got their father, um, who's lost his wife and now wants to marry this much younger Ukrainian woman. Woman, and they think that obviously it's a bad idea because she's about fifty years younger than he is. And um, I think anybody who's got a parent who they think's a bit dotty or a bit eccentric, I don't know. I don't know if you two what can relate to that at what all. About a friend. <laughs> about a friend. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and you got you got your you know, and he, the father just always goes on about tractors. It's a bit like my dad always going on about bowling. Um, anyway, I read it really quickly. It's a very funny, very. I mean, sometimes it's a bit dark. Very enjoyable book. Totally recommend it. And then okay, yeah, I I think you you'd like it, Jen. It is it. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and two... sometimes I need an easy read at the moment. It's a really easy read. I read it in a couple yeah. of days because okay. you just, you know, and it is it is really funny in places where you're just like, you know, they've got the father who just keeps boring everybody to death with bits of his book. He's, he's written about tractors <laughs> in Ukraine. You know, and it, it's really like my dad will just give me long stories about bowling. And I'm like, Dad, I'm not that interested. <laughs> but, you know, you've yeah, got to listen because, you know, whatever. And then uh, next month's book, I thought I'd go German. Um and this is one of my favourite books. You can tell by the fact that it's this book is is about to fall apart. Oh, it's not Wolf Haas. It's not Wolf Haas. Um, it's Eric Kessner, who's a very famous German writer. He wrote one of the most famous children's stories in Germany, Emil and the Detectives. And this is a really great book. In 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 Britain, it's called Going to the Dogs, apparently, which is actually a longer version. They found a longer version. They they printed that out. I think Fabian, you can't you can't get as Fabian in, in England. Um, and it's about a story. He says it's the story of a moralist living in immoral times. And the book depicts uh, Berlin in the political, economic and social abyss, on the political and social, uh, economic and social abyss, just before Hitler and the Nazis came to power. It's fast-paced. It's written with a great deal of humour. And if you want to find an idea what Berlin might have been just before the Nazis took power, when, you know, all the morality, the world is kind of topsy-turvy, it gives you a great insight into this period. And it's a really enjoyable read. It's really funny. And it kind of crushes the adage that Germans don't have a sense of humour. Fabian. Um, yeah, Fabian. Uh, but has yeah, it ever been English, it's called made Going into... to the Dogs. Sorry? Oh, sorry. And there's a film. Sorry, they made a film of it. I haven't seen the film, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, I was wondering if they'd made it. Is it a German film? Yeah, I think it is a German yeah. film. Yeah, and Eric Kessner actually he he was he stayed in Germany. He was he was one of the band writers, and he actually saw his book. You know the great book burning they had in Berlin when the Nazis yeah. took over. He was actually there as they were burning his books. <laughs> he was standing there. And he, I don't think he probably said hi. That's my book. But he by the actually, way, that's by, by the way I wrote that. Um, but yeah, he stayed in Germany. 
Oh, I would have one of the few writers who did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds um, great. And when is the uh, so that you've read that for book club? Have you had book club already? No, book club is going to be Tuesday the 29th, I think, and we're going to be discussing the uh, the tractors in Ukrainian, a short history of the tractors in Ukrainian, which honestly I absolutely loved. Yeah, Tuesday the 29th. Tuesday the 29th of November. And information Uh, on our WTB book club Facebook. Great. Facebook. Okay, so. That's it. Great. So if you if you aren't part of the book club and you want to be, then you can go to the WTB Facebook page. If you haven't read the book, but you just want to nip in and say hi, you can. You totally can. Because as Maureen has said over and over again, often they don't spend on talking about the book and they just have a good chin wag. So it's 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 a it's a great social event to have online. So if you're bored on a Tuesday night, feel free to join in um, and Maureen will be there with the rest of the book club, WTB book club gang. Thanks very much, Maureen, for your uh, cultural corner. Um, Also, Maureen, I wanted to pull myself up on a... a, um, I I I said something that was completely wrong, which isn't the first time, let's be honest, on WTV podcast when we were talking about war poetry. Uh, Mm. You did a section of the cultural corner about war poetry. We were talking about the poet Siegfried Sassoon, and I said that he had been shot and killed. uh, No, he wasn't shot because that was Wilfred Owen. That was Wilfred Owen, but I said it was. I'm huh? pretty sure I said it was Siegfried Sassoon, and it wasn't. No. It was Wilfred Owen. It was Wilfred Owen. Yeah, it was. Wilfred he got. Owen. He was shot so, a week before Armistice, on the fourth of November. I mean, you just think. I know, but like after watching this show, there were some guys shot thirty seconds before Armistice, and then that makes it even more galling. Anyway, um, I just want to say I was wrong. It's Wilfred Owen. It's not Stephen Fassoon, who lived until he was in his 60s. You'll be pleased to know, and died of stomach cancer, sadly. But there we are. Anyway. Jen, we had a bit of a goat earlier when about my blinking Beemore Mooring story. Have you got another goat in you this week? I'm, I'm sure Jen's got a few goats. Look, we're never short of goats, are we? <laughs> so let's get to it. Jen, what the hell's got your goat this week? lose my shit over okay this is it right let's go it's happening now I cannot handle this <laughs> well this is a minor goat but uh it's it's still nonetheless got got my goat I went uh for lunch with Chloe and the boys um on Sunday and we had pizza Alison Okay, Maureen, we had pizza. Pizza's not Maureen's favourite thing, but there we were. It's because the kids, it's one of the few things that they bloody well like, just cheese and a bit of bread. So I order controversial pizza, I know. I order a garlic prawn pizza. I know a lot of people are like throwing up in their own mouths. Why would you put prawns in a pizza? But look, I like it. Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? Chloe, or so mine is a Romana pizza. You know, so it's thin, big, but very thin pizza. I know I'm going to be full. I'm like, bang on, love it. Yes, please. Maureen's, Maureen, Maureen, this is, this is terrible, isn't it? That's, a, that's what Freudian slip is that, that now Chloe and Maureen have slipped into the same person. <laughs> Fuck me. And I'd like to say that's the first time I've called Chloe Maureen. It isn't. But it isn't. And, um, Chloe orders a pizza and she says, oh, that that garlic prawn thing, that sounds nice. I'm going to get that. And I said, OK, fine. She orders hers as a Ligera. Ligera pizza? 
Okay. Now, for those of you that are familiar with the Pizza Express menu, you already know what my goat is. You already know. And for those of you that don't, I shall explain. Chloe has ordered a pizza where the middle bit of the pizza is taken out and is filled with spinach leaves. So you just get the outside of the pizza, yeah? It's like a ring of pizza and then the middle bit is salad leaves. I said, what are you doing? She went, oh, I'm not really that hungry. And you know what? We had a takeaway last night and I, 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 I'm just going to go for the Ligera. I said, your pizza is one pound cheaper than my pizza and your pizza has the best bit taken out of it, which is the middle of the pizza. She went, well, yeah, but I'm not that hungry. I was like, well, then order something else. Don't spend 15 quid on a pizza that hasn't got a middle bit. The middle bit of the pizza is gone. We're spending 15 pounds on a ring of pizza? Are you out of your mind? I was like, then order some dough balls and let's get the hell out of here. You know, she's like, no, 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 I'm going to order a ring of pizza. Anyway, the ring of pizza turns up with the bloody salad leaves in the middle. I'm eating mine. She's like, are you going to save me a slice? I said, I'm absolutely not saving you a slice. No, because you should have ordered a pizza. What you've got is some shitty little ring filled with and then leaves in the middle of it. Go fuck yourself. Also, as she's eating the little ring of pizza, she's like, oh, th this the ring bit doesn't even have cheese on it. I was like, so you've got a tomatoey piece of bread with a prawn on it. Oh, my God. For 15 quid. Anyway, I, I, I'm literally apoplectic. I just I, I, I'm like, I, this is makes absolutely no sense to me. If you're going to eat pizza, eat pizza. Yeah, damn it. Eat the fucking pizza and enjoy the pizza because the pizza is it, the... If you, and if you don't have cheese on a pizza, it's not pizza, is it? It's just it's just tomatoey bread. We can all agree on that, right? And what is the best part of the pizza? No one's ever said, oh, I'll just eat the crust on the outside, but I'll leave the middle bit. <laughs> no one has ever said that. You eat the middle bit, it's the best bit of the pizza. So we get to the end of the meal. I, at this point, go, I, I, she said, I can't believe you didn't even send me a bit of pizza. I said, well, you should have ordered a pizza. You should have ordered a pizza. I said, I, I told you, I, I'm hungry. I wanted to eat the whole pizza. I'm going to eat the whole pizza. You should have ordered a pizza. We get to the end. She's like, yeah, what I should have done is ordered a pizza and then taken the rest home in a doggy bag. I went, yes, that is what you should have done. Instead of ordering an empty pizza. For £15. <laughs> I, and then wanting a slice of wine. <sighs> anyway, it was a really lovely meal. We really enjoyed it. <laughs> For you? <laughs> I loved it. It was great. I've never even heard of that. Listen, next time you go, Alison, to Pizza Express, check out the Ligera or the Ligura, the Ligura, whatever it's called. It will, it will honestly, it will blow your fucking mind. It's a fucking spinach salad with somebody's leftover crust put around it is what that is. That's insane. Yes, that is what it is. And the crust doesn't even wow. have cheese on it. Not even cheese. <laughs> no cheese. <laughs> she had a prawn garlic salad with a, with a crust. With a crust. <laughs> anyway, that's what got my goat this week. And as 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 I was ranting as she was eating this, she was uh, she just she just like cut and completely deadpan. Chloe looked at me and went, "Well, we all know what's going to have gotten your goat this week on WTV." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that she's able to call it now. Oh, I know what's being talked about this week. I wonder what you're going to be talking about, Jen. <laughs> 
Sadly, she knows she was right. Like, oh, absolutely God, right, that's... Chloe. That's exactly what I'll be talking about. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.